Hi, I'm Jay, an arts manager, educator, writer, musician, and professional daydreamer. And I'm Miguel, a musician, arts administrator, educator, and lover of all things nerdy. And this is Play Black, a podcast dedicated to nerddom, reviews, and hot takes on arts and culture, and the human experience from the perspective of two melanated artists. This episode of Play Black, say with me, is a breakdown, breakdown. the first of season two, (laughs) meaning that the conversation will be a bit deeper and that we'll be sharing more of our personal experiences. The goal of Play Black is to create a space, a brave space, for connecting, sharing, and honesty. We invite you to join us in honoring each other and holding each other up as we navigate complex thoughts and feelings. For sure, for sure. What's going on, Jay? What's up, bruh? Trying to make it through. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the theme of today's conversation. So what have you been like doing this week? How's how's school been going? I know that's happening and you're nearing the end, right? Oh, yeah. I think I have six weeks left, which is uh, oh, my word. possibly. Wow. Uh, that has like, flown by. It's, it really has and it also really hasn't. Uh, it's a really interesting, mm. um, it's a really weird time to be studying art mm. <laughs> um, and, mm. and performance art at that, right? Like. There's mm-hmm. not tons of opportunities to do that outside of these settings, but at the same time, like, mm. you're training to do these things outside of these settings, so mm-hmm. what are we getting at, you know? Um, right. But I've been good. I've been, this week, last week was spring break, um, and I've been trying to catch up on some compositions I need to do, and uh, trying to catch up with my family, and I've been doing a lot of cooking. I've been doing a lot of, a lot of cleaning. Um, th- what you been cooking? Uh, what did I do? Uh, I made this, pa- yeah, pesto. Um, uh, my house has we've we've been very stressed out, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we've been ordering out a lot. And there has mm-hmm. been a lot of like conversation of like, yo, we don't eat like veggies enough, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I I made a, a regular pesto, you know, pine nuts, basil, garlic, parmesan, the thing. But then I also mm. boiled two uh, broccoli crowns, mm. um, cut up into little pieces, and then uh, grounded ground them into the pesto. So it was just oh, kind wow. of like a fortified pesto, and we made some like zucchini noodles and uh, nice. um, a, a whole bunch of fish because uh, we're pescatarian at our house. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Also, I've never had pesto. Um, Bruh, I actually think I would love it, but I don't know whether or not I'm allergic to pine nuts. And oh. so I know that there are non pine nut based pestos. Mm. I just haven't either made it or eaten one. Um, but yeah, never had pesto, and I do think I would enjoy that. So that sounds delicious. I'll make it for you. As, say the words. It's, it's, give me the 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 nuts that you are Word. not. Uh, allergic no, all to. of them. All of them will kill me. Okay. All well, of them will I'll, me. I'll make a yeah. nutless pesto just for you. Thank you. Yes, appreciate it. <laughs> What's going on with you, man? Um, let's see. Uh, lots of stuff that we'll get into soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, one cool thing is um, what an author I really love. I discovered her in 2020 mm-hmm. um, with her debut novel. Um, and, uh, we've hired her to do this new masterclass series I made at Dunamis. Cool. Um, I was, my team has been amazing and 
Um, I, you know, designed all of these programs that we run a long time ago in my head. And as the years have gone by, you know, they've developed agency <laughs> and independence and they run these programs. And uh, there was a moment last summer where most of our programs were running and I was like, oh, I have nothing to do program wise. And I was just like that. I feel naked and I'm looking jealous. Like you guys get to work with people and I'm always just here in meetings and like writing grants. And so I was like, I want a program. So I made a new program. Stupid. Um, But it was to really explore. Wow. Now that I think about it, kind of what today's conversation is, Mm. what it means to be an artist in the sense of, um, the things we don't always share with each other. And so I know you mm-hmm. and I have experienced a lot of master classes and usually it's like, these are my techniques or this is my biography in relationship to my work and how I create. Um, but very rarely as artists do we hold space for each other to be like, yeah, that shit was hard and I almost failed and I struggle constantly. Mm-hmm. And not only do we not do that with each other, I think it gets sometimes dangerous because when we look at people we admire, it's so hard for us to think that they've been through what we've been through. Um, and so I figured if we could have a series that really is just these masters peeling back, um, that layer of whatever to be really transparent is to say, this is stuff that I have and continue to deal with, Mm. um, as part of my artistry. Um, and I want to share that with you and give you advice for how I got and get through it. Um, and so that's why that series was born. And, you know, we took some big swings just asking people. And I was so surprised. She's a New York Times bestselling author who is based in Los Angeles, does not know us, has no connection to Boston. And was just like, yes. Um, everyone that that we've talked to so far, we do. (laughs) And everyone we've talked to so far has just been like, I wanted to have these conversations. One of the masters said, like, I manifested doing this she's like i've always wanted to have these conversations and talk with people about like my process and how i get through and so i think it has the potential to be really powerful and the first event is next week um and last week i was like oh i think we have some stuff to do so it was like a little bit of like um all hands on deck and we're in a good place now but that's definitely taken up um my last week but i'm I'm still excited and she's coming for a weekend and we have to like bring her around, and I'm just like, ooh, I gotta be charming. I don't know if I can. So yeah, yeah we're gonna show around the town. All that that, stuff. that hits so hard, dude. Because like, yeah. the the social muscles that we're all like missing, or are you yeah. know just completely deprived of all nutrients, mm-hmm. <laughs> atrophied. Yeah, atrophied exactly. Um, are real. Like it's so yeah. insane. Uh. Kelsey and I have been living like a a, re- a like a regular social life the last two weeks, which is mm. mind boggling, right? Like, yeah, we've been to a bunch of shows, obvi- like being so mm-hmm. as safe as possible, you know, all, all these things. Mm-hmm. But like, just being in these social situations that we have to actually like, not just you know retreat into ourselves into a little corner. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not speaking yeah. for Kelsey. I'm speaking for myself. Um, mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's really hard. And, it, you know, like, I'd like to think that that used to be one of my skills, being able to go into a room and just be comfortable and being able to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, I know that I'm fine. And I know that uh, it's not mm-hmm. as, as awkward as I think, if it's even awkward at all, all of those things. Mm-hmm. But 
I feel so strange <laughs> in these yeah. hyper-social situations. Um, and I'm just getting used to it now. And thank God I only have six weeks left of school, so it's great. <laughs> well, welcome to my hell. Uh, I've never felt like I was good <laughs> in those social situations. And yeah, like I think two weeks ago maybe I went to work. We had a guest come in for work. And then I went to a Jasmine Sullivan concert. And then nice. uh, my friend lives right by the venue. And we hung out with her and her cousin afterwards. And literally, my body was just like, who in the actual fuck do you think you are? And <laughs> I could not, like, my body, I was so drained. And I was just like, this was me pretending for a second that I could be a little bit of an introvert, extrovert. And my body was just like, no, I think we going to remind you. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I pray you leave this life behind. You don't want it. You know, this is, this isn't, I wouldn't recommend it. So, you know, you're just warming up. You're in the warm up phase. It's, it's you know part I mean? of the game. I'll, I'll get it back. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 yeah. Everything's, everything's going to be fine, Jay. How Miguel got his groove back. I like that for you. I really do. Ooh. Someone, someone write that book. I'm, I'm going to write that book. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Tell your own story. Exactly. Um, but what I will say mm. is um, we've also seen some things in some theaters lately, have we not? That's insane. Yes, it, it, we mm-hmm. have. We have, in fact, seen some mm-hmm. things in some theaters. Uh, but And before we, we, we get to the things we've seen in theaters real quick, um, mm-hmm. there's this whole, like, anime movie, like, renaissance happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, last year, Demon Slayer came out. Canon, I would also right. add. Canon, Canon anime, movies. anime movies that are competing mm-hmm. in the box office with, like, big properties. That's the, that's, that's the crazy part and for me. Winning. Right? And, and mm-hmm. winning. And winning in a lot of regards, right? Like, mm-hmm. Demon Slayer uh, last year mm-hmm. uh, became the most, uh, like, highest grossing anime uh, movie, like, ever. Of all time. Like, beating yeah. out Spirited Away, which, that's... Yeah. that's the pandemic had something to do with that. Let's be real, but yeah. like, wow, yeah. that's, that's still pretty incredible. And then um, this last uh, uh, maybe two weeks ago, no, on March eighteenth, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, which uh, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about in uh, Play Black in a second, um, dropped mm-hmm. and competed in the box office with the Batman. Like straight yeah. up, was like not that far behind. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it just. It's a testament to when you give movies actual stakes. Yeah. Right? Like, because these movies are canon, you, like, if you're a fan of the series and you want to know what's going on, you got to go see these movies. There's not really, like, any other yeah. option, right? And mm-hmm. But also, you get treated to this new experience. Um, you get to share mm-hmm. something you love with, with, with the people around you. It's... It's it's brilliant, and it just happens. Which I think is so yeah. fun, because, like, we watch these things in isolation, right? We're right. watching these shows with, like, our friends and stuff, but they're not, although I would say less so, um, they're not, I might have worded that weird, they usually aren't so mainstream, although now I would say anime is it's coming for the next of the mainstream, and I think is, you know, on its way at a moment. And sure. as such, it's just like, I remember all those times where, you know, I'd go to those anime movies and be like, wow, everyone in this fucking theater, like, watches this thing. And, like, right? hearing them react, it's like, oh, oh my God, that. we're nerds together. <laughs> oh, Lord. And so just to, like, I think that's such a cool part of these experiences, too. Um, yeah, Bungo Stray Dogs a few years ago, that was another one. Did we see that together, you and I? I don't know if we did. Uh, I don't think so. I was very confused by it. I have to watch it again. I enjoyed it, but I was just like, I'm not sure what's happened. Anyway, that's beside the point. But <laughs> yes, I love that it's also a space to 
meet new friends. And there are definitely times where, but then circling back to introvert, I like want to like, you know, talk afterwards. I think it could be really great if there were, you know, like a, a play black, <laughs> you know, after these movie screenings uh, where we could, you know, be in community with each other and just talk about that shit and make new nerd friends. Um, 100%. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Excited about these movies. Yes. Yay movies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I, I truly think that Attack on Titan, who, for those of you who don't know, um, right. is uh, in its last mm-hmm. season, uh, and its finale is, uh, I want to say, a week from today, actually. We're recording this on Sunday the 27th. Um, it's a week from today, yeah, April 3rd. And uh, it's th- it still has about nine chapters of manga to adapt. So my hypothesis is that we're oh, getting I've heard that there's a movie. Like, I feel like I getting... saw that somewhere. Today? No, r- earlier. Because, wow, okay. Uh, I, I haven't seen the news. I, I, was, I was literally looking up a little earlier. But um, there was suppo- there's a, a panel happening today at mm. Anime Japan. And they didn't make an announcement about a movie. They just made an, an, an announcement about uh, <laughs> like the Blu-ray release for season four, part two. Um, I think it's a rumor. Apologies. I, it's rumored. So is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. That, that's, that's what I thought. But it's going to be like a new era now where we're getting these like these big mm-hmm. franchises are going to be getting these big canon movies because they're freaking yeah. money makers. Like, like it's like you can't mm-hmm. you can't deny it. Uh, and as and unfortunately, as long as something makes money we're just going to see a whole lot more of it. I mean, you know I appreciate I mean? though the canon stuff, you know, if you look back at like the Naruto films, um, I don't watch one piece. I know mm-hmm. they had a lot of films, those like direct to, yep. to, to video type things, um, where at least for Naruto it was like more what ifs, you know what I mean? Like what if this happened and it yeah. had no bearing or even, you know, and technically the jury is still out on my hero academia where, they could be canon, but they have no impact on the main story, um, which I think is a waste of time. And I've always felt like they're a waste of time. And I feel like I there are agree. stories that we're seeing being adapted that maybe work. Because if you think about it, yeah, Mugen Train, I feel like that works really well as a movie, as one compact story, as opposed to, you know, 10 weeks of being on a train fighting a demon. Um Whereas there are other arcs right. that make sense in a more long form way, and so I feel like if if they're if we're going to elevate that storytelling to really be in combination with what's episodic and what's film length, I think that's great. I think that's great, and I'm excited about where that's moving. No, I, I completely agree, and it's um, mm-hmm. it's just exciting um, and uh, an interesting development that wouldn't have happened, I don't think, without hmm. Demon Slayer's success. Um, but speaking of movies that we saw jay uh you went to the movies i did we miguel and i have not been going to movies together um you know it's the thing we don't really talk about but we did see some movies and so what we're about to do Uh, is yes we're gonna share uh some spoiler free movies uh movie reviews okay so right after this break get ready for these movies
So, films in the cinema. The cinema's making a comeback. Um, cinema's like, COVID, like, stop. Stop trying to, like, stop us. We gonna win, okay? And I'm here for it. And so a few weeks ago, I saw The Batman. Um, and so here's my spoiler-free review of Le Batman. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. I would say it's definitely a strong, strong um, DC movie. Um, I think I'm going to start with all the positives I have. Um, Robert Pattinson, surprise, extremely well done. Um, I thought it was funny because, uh, my friend Paul and I, we were watching one of the DC animated universe movies. I think it was Hush. Um, Mm. and it felt like, mm, am I lying? No, it was Hush. And what was interesting about that one was it felt like that was Batman early on in his career. And it wasn't like Batman year one, which is another one. But it was like a Batman who was young, um, clearly still like learning the ropes. Um, But I kept being surprised by how subpar he was. The Batman that we grew up knowing is basically a ninja who is a master detective who has sometimes the moniker as the world's best detective. And in that animated film, I was just like, who is this man? Why is he getting his ass handed to him like this? Um, And so while Robert Pattinson's Batman is also clearly a neophyte, um, a lot more grounded, a lot more stable. um, And um, I think a lot closer to the Batman we know. Um, I appreciated this Alfred uh, I, I know that um, Andy Serkis is one of like the greatest actors of our generation. We don't talk about it enough, um, but that man is we that don't man transformed so much so that I was like, Alfred, when I heard he was cast, I was like, Alfred is a really grounded character. This man plays dragons and apes and monsters and crazy, like, he's a character actor. And I was a little surprised that he would do right. such a straightforward role, role, but I thought he did marvelously well. Zoe Kravitz, phenomenal. Um... Love her. And it was like one of those things where it just felt like, duh. This was a duh. This is so much her and it's a duh. Um, And Paul Dano, I would say, is another great actor of our generation. Um, He played uh, the Riddler. That guy can just be so creepy and unsettling. And I also will say, it's I think this movie is redemption for the Riddler. I think in a lot of ways, you know, we see these... Um, a lot of Batman characters sometimes are designed to be these very campy, larger-than-life characters. Mr. Freeze and the Joker and the Riddler. Um, but this was a sadistic, highly intelligent um, serial killer um, who kept fooling Batman and having him fall into his traps and his larger plan um, and thought he found in Batman a kindred spirit. And so it was such a really interesting um I think the darkest and most effective version of the Riddler I've seen um, and film so far. So those are the positives. I thought it was a good story. It was very long. Um, I appreciated a lot of the diversity there. Um, the action scenes were good. Um, it was grounded Batman, um, which is when I kind of get into my negatives a little bit. Um, oh, Interesting. This did not feel like a DC movie, and this Batman did not feel like a superhero. This felt like a detective who puts on a costume. Um, And I took umbrage with that, because this Batman is never going to be in Justice League. 
this Batman is never um, going to pop up anywhere in the DC universe. It is so clear that this is more of a noir um, standalone thing. And I honestly felt as I was watching the movie that whoever made that movie doesn't like superheroes. That's what it felt like to me. Um, And while I appreciated the honesty and the reality of it, um, I'll say this. It seemed like Batman's entire um, history with the uh, League of Assassins, gone. Um, And this, it seems like Alfred just taught him how to fight, just whatever. Um, Right. And so there was no, like, (laughs) so there was a lot of that. And it was a little frustrating for me because I'm like, there is a way to tell grounded stories um, without removing the heroics out of it. And then also it just triggered me. I'm tired of grounded stories, right? Like it's okay that these Mm. stories have some fantastical elements to them um, and they can still be done well. Uh, And so, yeah, I think that was my overall frustration with the film that it just did not seem like it was made by a comic book lover. I think it was somebody who was more inspired by um, the psychology of these characters Um, the psychology and infrastructure of how a Gotham works, but it was very much a mob story and a detective story, um, which was good as it was, um, but as such can't be my favorite Batman film. So I definitely say go see it. Um, Overall, a good story, but don't expect to be thrilled uh, in terms of superhero movies. This is no Marvel movie. It's not even a DC movie, really. It feels like its own separate thing. That's really interesting, and it sounds like um, a similar path they took with the Joker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the I, f- I forget who directed the Joker, uh, but uh, he is very specifically anti right comic book. Like he's not a comic book person. Uh, he just wanted to put a stamp on uh, this mm-hmm. character in a way that was divorced from the comics, which is like. I don't know. Like, I feel like you have to have a certain reverence or at least respect mm-hmm. for the source material to like mm-hmm. get it right. And like, I'm not even saying that I, I didn't like the Joker. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I am saying mm-hmm. that actually. <laughs> um, I respect Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix's performance. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. His performance mm-hmm. as an actor was amazing, but like the movie itself, that was actually the, the last movie I saw before wow. the shutdown in theaters. And it was such a depressing Yeah, I actually didn't watch it. I've yet to see that film <laughs> for that exact reason. I just had no desire. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, okay, okay. Word. But, yeah, I'm super interested to mm-hmm. see how I feel about it. Because I, like, Jim Carrey's Riddler in Batman uh, Forever, while being ridiculous and campy mm-hmm. and insane, like, Jim Carrey's a, a problematic fave. Like, The Mask was, like, a, a really important movie for me as a kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, his, like, goofy, mm-hmm. ridiculous antics still ring, like, not untrue mm-hmm. for the character. And I'm, I'm, like, ready for that to be undone with uh, mm-hmm. Dano's, uh, like, mm-hmm. rendition of it. Um, and I had no doubt that Robert Pattinson was going to be a, a good Batman. I'm, I might be, like, the minority yeah. in that camp. Like, the, the dude's always yeah. been an amazing actor. Of course, Twilight and, um, you know, dying at the hands right. of Voldemort, <laughs> like, have mm-hmm. colored his career up for everybody. Um, but, no, he's always been a, 
supremely It was his youth and gravitas um, that I, that was throwing me off or, or made me hesitant. And I was just like, mm. he seems so young. Um, and can he, like, have that... You know, Batman has ambiance. Like, he fills a room with just his energy and his menace. And oh, I was yeah. like, can he do that? And, yeah, I think in his way he did. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. I'm into it. Uh, I also What'd went to the movies. What me? Uh, I saw, as I mentioned before, I think, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Uh, It is uh, a prequel, uh, so therefore canon, to uh, the anime uh, adaption that came out and is based off of uh, the, like, one-shot manga that uh, Gege Akutami used to actually pitch. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Wow. This world. Yeah, so like it, it all got rebundled as like Jujutsu Kaisen Zero as, as like a, an mm. actual prequel, but this was like the one shot, and then it, it got so popular that they were like, "Yo, mm. make the series," and he was like, "Okay." So, but it's not going to be exactly with these characters; mm. it's going to be different. So, um, and it was great. Like, uh, I I'm trying to think of like negatives, like actual negatives mm-hmm. that I have on it. Um, I would say, spoiler free, of course that there are certain aspects of like the like overarching love story between uh, two very mm. important characters that I felt like didn't completely mm. hit for me. Like it hit, but it didn't mm. land completely. But like, that's the, the most negative thing mm. I could say about it. Um, the animation was top tier. Uh, like the character like the characterization of everybody. What, what was really interesting, um, Jay, I don't know how much you know about this. About deep about about. I've watched it all. I haven't like done a deep dive into the source material, but I've watched everything that's been released so far. Word. So, uh, Mm -hmm. Yuji, uh, Mm -hmm. the main character in the in the anime, um, you know, like kind of Naruto esque, like possessed Mm -hmm. by a demon kind of person, but he's also kind of gregarious and very like. Mm-hmm. Kind of himbo-y, you know what I mean? Like, he's just, like, uh, yeah. down for whatever, like, kind of mm-hmm. here for it. Uh, and even though he's, like, you know, constantly taking on these, like, really mm-hmm. traumatic events, like the death of his grandfather and, like, just being in this world and being yeah. told he's going to die, um, like, he just kind of takes it on and, like, goes for it. Um, this uh, movie and the, the manga material covers uh, a character a year in the past of the school of the timeline that, that mm-hmm. we're familiar with who is in basically the exact mm-hmm. same situation, but doesn't mm-hmm. handle it well. Uh, and his, his name's Utah and he's like the complete opposite of Yuji besides having been um, like being a host mm-hmm. for a demon. Like he's shy. He's mm-hmm. unsure of himself. He mm-hmm. doesn't make friends. He's uh, mm. pale. He's just, you know what I mean? He's just like the complete opposite. And it was really interesting to see how they like would handle those, um, dynamics. Um, and it, it was, I think it was super like important to differentiate the, this movie and like, uh, what the mm. anime is. Um, because it, it, it's ostensibly the same exact cast, but with like, uh, like two faces of the same coin of an antagonist mm. of, of a protagonist. So, no, I think it was great. Um, music was mm. music was amazing, actually. Like, like actively great. Um, and yeah, no, I saw it with with uh, my house mm. and a couple of friends, and I really really enjoyed it. And it, it 
again, a mm. canon movie, a canon anime movie with something that you usually right. watch at home with like one or maybe mm. one or two people, but you're watching it in community with other, with other folks with popcorn and soda and like the I whole the whole bit, and people are cheering yeah. and the whole thing. Like exactly mm. what, what you said. Like, it, I I like this trend, even though I know it's a money grab. But I like and I really think you know rent a theater is still an option, and I I think you know let us know guys if you want you know play black to rent a theater one day and we all watch stuff together and then debrief afterwards. Let us know and we'll we'll see if we can make it happen. And uh, yeah, because I think it's really exciting. I think. Yeah, would love that. Okay. Okay, and with that, y'all, we're gonna actually head into the breakdown. So stick with us. We're gonna take a quick break. back so these past two years have been intense there's been a global pandemic that has changed life as we know it there was a social uprising against the murder of black people at the hands of police in america a rise in anti-asian violence a mind-numbing political reality an insurrection an attempted coup recession unprecedented loss of life extreme isolation war (laughs) we've experienced so much and yet we somehow seem to be managing okay. Or are we? Are we? I mean, personally, I'm not sure that we are. I know that I'm not. And I know that I've tried to force myself to be because I have an organization to run and a parent to take care of and a whole ass life of mine that I have to live. And I suspect that so many of us are in the same boat, carrying more than we can bear, but refusing to stop and take stock because we fear that if we do, we may never move again. Miguel and I don't have answers. We can't tell you how to move through this moment and how to face this trauma head on, but we do have this space. And for the next few minutes, we're going to hold it with you and be transparent with you and rest just for a moment with you and maybe, just maybe, even bring you some joy while we're at it. Um, And so in um, in the space of holding space... Um, you know, Miguel, just what's been happening with you, what's going on in your life and how have you been dealing with it? Yeah. Yeah. You, rat- you rattling down the list, uh, it puts mm-hmm. an uh, interesting perspective, right? Cause we, we keep we, we forgetting. All... Maybe, I don't know if forgetting is the word, uh, purposefully stuffing it in a, a box. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Cause you can't really handle it. Yeah. Um, all at once. Um, yeah, I think like everybody, uh, I'm just learning how to deal with the fact that I'm different now, mm. and we're all different now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we're not the same people we were pre-lockdown. Mm-hmm. Like, perspective has changed. Everything's shifted. Uh, being stuck in a, in a in one place with even the people you love, I was super fortunate to be locked in with my partner and our mutual best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's, I am very fortunate in that and I can see that I've changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I know for me, what was something that like kind of peaked, um, in this time is our feelings of anxiety. I've always been in, in, in a fairly like 
chill person on the outside, but mm-hmm. in the, on the inside is always anxiety. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly, I deal with a lot of performance anxiety, which is unfortunate because I'm literally a, 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 a performing artist. I yeah. constantly play in front of people. Yeah. Um, it came to the point, Jay, and this is like, this is a, 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 a sore point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing a concert um, at, at, at school and, you know, I, I practiced what I needed to practice to get the job done. And mm-hmm. I felt good about it. And I was, like, going into sound check and feeling good. And I got to sound check, and it just didn't happen. Mm. Like, I couldn't get it. Like, I was very, like – and I, I just didn't know what to do with myself. Like, I had to, like, go and collect myself mm. to, like, figure out – because I needed to be able to do the thing. I needed to be able to play the piece I was playing mm-hmm. in, like, an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I've been anxious before. I've mm-hmm. had, I've, I've, you, you always get a little jittery, jittery before performances. You, you know, you figure it out. But to like, have that happen, mm-hmm. like to just blank and not being, not being able to like collect it real quick. Yeah. Uh, it really threw me for a loop, dude, mm-hmm. like straight up. Uh, and that's just like one example of like many instances of things that just aren't the same mm-hmm. in comparison to what they were. Before the, before the pandemic. So you feel like it's intensified in the past few years or became a thing in the past few years? Like, um, it intensified is the word mm-hmm. I think, because mm-hmm. like, again, like I've, I've always been an anxious cat when it comes to performing. I think I have numbed that anxiety through constant performance. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just exposure therapy straight mm-hmm. up, like go get it. Um, and I do like performing. I really mm-hmm. do. Like once it's happening up there, I, I I love playing in front of people and and getting the vibe of the crowd yeah. and all of the, all of those things. But it's those like twenty minutes beforehand, yeah, uh, that I just despise because like you, the all all of the negative thoughts that that you think about yourself and your mm-hmm. artistry, whatever artistry you do, mm-hmm. they just come up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I mean, it, it it ended up being a fine story, y'all. Like straight up, I I. Went, I collected myself, got some coffee, got some water, like woke myself up, like mm. figured it out, uh, and then played it perfectly uh, an hour and a half later. Everything was fine, but that hour and a half was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we just have to acknowledge that we're, that we're different now. We have to roll with those punches instead mm-hmm. of fighting it, because I think part of the reason why that hit me so hard was because I was fighting it. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm the same. I can just handle that mm-hmm. shit. That's me. I got mm-hmm. this. Uh, and nope, turns out I didn't got this until mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a it's a rough one out there, y'all. We have to take care of each other. If you don't mind me asking, what is like, when you said that you had to like move and collect yourself, what does that look like? What is that process like for you to then be able to come back out a little bit later and kind of do it all? That's an interesting question. Um, I think it looks differently depending on what the situation I'm, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, in that situation, I was at school, mm-hmm. so like I couldn't just go home. Right. Um. Right. Like, usually I find I try to find a a, a space of seclusion to just like collect myself. Mm. Um. 
I think I did uh, initially. My instinct was to do was to do an an unhealthy thing, mm. which was to immediately go to a different piano and try to figure it out right there and then. Mm. Which is not like that's not gonna help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, luckily, there wasn't a piano available because mm. people are practice mm. at conservatory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what was a beautiful thing for me and one of the reasons that like I have a, I feel like a leg up on, on a lot of my peers because I'm from here. I have a community here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a local uh, instrument shop down the street um, that ha- they have free coffee. My boy is the manager. Mm. Uh, I walked in and I was like, hey, can I get a coffee? Chill out for a second and then can I go play your piano mm-hmm. and like figure something out? And he was like, yeah, of course. And that's exactly what I did. Mm. And I hashed it out, calmed myself down, mm-hmm. like got myself back into a, a rhythm and a zone, and then went and executed. Mm. So it, it, it's depending on the situation, really, mm-hmm. honestly. And like I was putting way too much pressure on myself yeah. um, uh, to just get it right. Um, and I think being part of an institution like that also puts sure. a lot of pressure on you. Sure. Like, um, playing a hall like Jordan Hall mm-hmm. and being uh, the the other thing was Jay. I was the first one up. Ugh. Like, we, I, we were the, we were the first piece. Like this group I was playing was the first piece, and I was playing a solo intro to the piece. Mm-hmm. So like it was literally everything started with me, mm. and we were playing um, like uh, some Brazilian music, like. I don't know how to explain this to y'all, but like Jordan Hall in Boston is like a, it's a special place for classical music, Mm -hmm. which also makes it inherently an oppressive space in my opinion. Mm. Um, And we were like, we had the opportunity to just start this concert with some really cool, like uh, non, non, not what would be traditionally played in that space music. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I was letting the pressure of the hall come down on me mm. as well as the pressure I put on myself, which is immense, which is stupid. Don't yeah. do that. Um, and the, the kind of shouldering this, like we have to get this right. Cause we have, we got to prove that we can, that this music is just as valuable as fucking Beethoven. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it was a fa- it was a million different things, but yeah. yeah, man, it was, yeah. Putting stress, putting pressure on yourself enough that you crack is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that we all have to reckon with, especially with like the the pandemic has like rubbed those things down oh to the to, to the nubs. Yeah, you know what I mean. <sighs> Thank you for holding that space. Man. Of course, and you know so much of what you said, I think resonates because I think one thing that's frustrated me most over the past few years, particularly in this uh, pandemic, is kind of what you're talking about of just like no matter what you're feeling, still having to show up. And the capitalistic, you know, penchant in us was just so strong that we could not just take a moment to acknowledge and be real with, like, this terrifying reality we found ourselves into. It was immediately, let's just move into Zoom. Immediately, let's figure out these work-from-home situations. And I remember being particularly frustrated because I'm just like, y'all, money is made up. It isn't real. We can all, (laughs) as a globe, just say, you know what? For a couple weeks, no money. Let's just make it not exist so that we can just, like, deal with this shit as human beings and be here and be connected and whatever. 
and we couldn't do it. And so now it's just been years upon years, not only of being asked to still show up, but if anything, at least for me, I don't know about you, my work increased. It was now, let's have back-to-back-to-back-to-back meetings. There's no travel time anymore, so you can fit all these meetings in a day. And you're just sitting at home, so of course you can do this. And like now having to figure out how to put boundaries in here, it was just this whole mess, and it was just like... It was this affirmation, this twisted affirmation, I'll say, of no matter what you're feeling, you still need to show up. You still have to be here. There's still work that has to be done. And so it's too hard to resolve whatever we feel and then show up. And so usually it means we just push it down and we deal with it later and we just show up and no. <laughs> and I think sooner rather than later and I think it's already starting I think it came up a little bit in the mass exodus of all of us a lot of us leaving our jobs but I still think it's going to come out more fully is there is an emotional and spiritual reckoning that we're going to have to deal with in ourselves for trying to deny this trauma that we've been in the midst of um and I feel Preach. every day I feel like our 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 ropes are fraying more and more and more and more and more until I don't know what it looks like, but I'm a little bit nervous about that. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't, I can't say that I disagree with you. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I have a gift hmm. um, because, you know, we all have di- different relationships with our, our parents, our folks, hmm. uh, our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I've had a, 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 just like any person, a, a difficult relationship with my father from time to time. Mm-hmm. I love him dearly. He's a really wonderful man. Mm-hmm. That man has seen some shit. Mm-hmm. He has seen some real crazy, crazy, crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I don't know a person that's more positive. Wow. I don't get it. I truly don't get it. I know he doesn't have mental illness because if he did, Mm -hmm. the things that he's gone through would have destroyed his ass, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) straight up. Um, So, you know, uh, that's a great example uh, to just err on that side of positivity and moving forward and try to get it right for yourself Mm -hmm. while taking care of yourself. Um, So... I feel you. We're fraying, but we're we're about to get this work. We're we're about to make it happen, so... But what's going on with you, man? What's been happening? What's, what, what you been dealing with? Um, yeah, for me, I would say I have, I've had a tough go of it lately. I think I'm, I'm on uh, the turning point um, of that experience. Um, essentially, uh, I was feeling pressure, as you put it. Um, it felt like in every area of my life, at once um, times 20 and it was like the stakes were all really high Um, there was things happening at work um, with again really high stakes and you know I was starting to feel like am I not a great leader and it wasn't anything like interpersonal it was more of the long term like organizational pieces and I was just like a better leader would have like prepared for this or would have seen this or would have whatevered this. Um, and uh, there were just a lot of things in flux and it was me not being able to exert control 
to make sure that something landed in a specific way or my not being adept enough of a leader to see how I could um, make things less in flux and to make them work in my favor in the favor of the organization and the people more importantly it's really about them it's about the people um that i work with and just making sure that they're okay and that they're all set and when that is threatened that's when i feel you know my my deepest anxiety and my um my deepest frustrations and when the pressure feels the most i can fail um you know uh something else small can fail but when it comes to a decision of mine um, or a situation negatively affecting my team who ultimately I'm responsible for. And no matter what it is, it feels like it would be my fault because I feel like I made a promise to these people that like you're putting your trust in me and I, and in return, I have to make sure that I can do what I said I can do and that you can live a life that you can live. Um, Mm -hmm. and that your work isn't for naught, and that I'm not taking advantage of all the work that you do. Um, and so that was tough. And then there was, there's a lot going on with my mom right now. She's in this really insane situation that's been going on for so long. And not only is it like the situation that's really frustrating and tough and also in flux and also in a lot of ways is out of my control and yet requires me showing up in a lot of ways very deeply, constantly. It's also... The fact that, like, the older you get and you you learn about your parents' lives, it's just, like, you want them to, like, have some joy. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, there's so many times where I think about, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take this trip out of the country. Or, like, I'm going to do this thing. And, like, I'm going to have a life of whatever. And then you really think back and you think about all the sacrifices and trauma that your parents endured for you to have the luxury of, like, being able to make those decisions and then it's just like well now if i go to hawaii and then here goes my mom who's like never been you know what i mean who's barely been out of the country how is that fair how is it fair that someone who's invested Mm -hmm. and sacrificed so much for us doesn't get to be happy because life is always lifing at them and then you feel a responsibility as someone who's benefited from all that they've been through to provide that for them and then when you feel like you can't that's frustrating. And so there's that. And then you're kind of mad at the universe because it's just like, cut her a fucking break. And then you're upset about this situation. And you, at least I felt like, again, it felt to me to hold it all together. And then in the midst of that, you know, this year began, my my goal for this year was about me and rehabilitating myself and my health mm. and all of those pieces. And that's a fucking project, which is why I themed my year about it. And so it was just like, in so many places, I am ultimately responsible for what happens. And the stakes are so high. This is my life. This is my business and my livelihood and for people, their livelihood. And this is my mother. And so it was like, I cannot not show up in any of these spaces fully. I cannot not be my best right now, my most resourceful, my Mm. most creative, my most effective in any of these spaces right now because if I drop any ball, it's devastation. And even if folks want to help or whatever or want to plug in, ultimately it's on me. And then I would still have to think about well, here's how you can help me. And me thinking about how people can help is another thing I would have to do on top of 
the doing of the things that I need to do. Um, and so all of that came to a head like last Sunday, a week from today. Yeah, it was last Sunday. And uh, because, I should say this too, on top of all of those things, of just like the situations, um, I'm also hyper aware of everyone's feelings. And it's like not only, I also have to navigate those feelings and plan with those feelings in mind and react with those feelings in mind. And so even if I am frustrated or I am tired, uh, I still now have to edit and think about, well, how do I do this thing? How do I show up in this space in a way that still makes you feel blah, blah, blah. And that's, it. it is exhausting and it is draining, particularly because I don't get the same grace in return. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how I feel because these things need to happen. These people still need me in this way. And so I can be sad about it. I can be mad about it. But no one really has to consider my feelings about it because it still has to be done. And so they could be super kind and super nice about it. But at the end of the day, I know that my feelings right now don't matter because the thing still has to happen. And so that... (laughs) And so I just had a moment where like that came to a head and I was in the bathroom taking a shadoobie and I was just like, okay, bro, I think you're almost overwhelmed. I think it's, I think it's on its way. And then I was just like, nigga, why would you let there be room for worse than this? (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) this is overwhelmed friend. This, let this be the ceiling. This is it. You are here. You have reached the destination. Um, and so I, I had that and immediately whatever I do when I feel negative emotions is I find a way to not feel them. And it's like, okay, how do we resolve this? What's next? What's the plan? But because I am so exhausted, I could not even think about how to get out of what I was feeling, which then made me more upset. And... I was like, well, I could take a vacation. I was like, you can't go anywhere because there's this thing coming up and there's that thing coming up and you have to be there. And so I couldn't think of a way out of the feeling and trying harder to think about it felt like another thing I would have to do. And I was like, no, nope. And so I was like, okay, so why don't we just sit in this feeling, which my therapist had been trying to get me to do. And I'm going to say on the icing on this cake is... Um, I have been able to see my therapist in a month because there was an insurance issue that she's trying to figure out. And so as all of this is boiling over, (laughs) I'm like, I don't even have that space. Um, So your homeboy sat there, felt overwhelmed and cried. (laughs) And I don't cry. I cry maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. I'm not a crier. Um, And I was like, okay, good. I was in the bathroom. I cried. I felt like I got it out. I was like, I'm in a shower because it was a long day. I went to go grab my things. And that bitch, Siobhan, my best friend, she just could sense it because we'd be sensing things sometimes. And she was like, yeah, okay. And you know how sometimes, like, if you say any word, everything is going to come back again. And so I couldn't say words out loud because I knew if I responded, yep. it would just unlock. And so, But she very clearly had asked me a question, and I wasn't answering. So she pops her head around the corner. It's like, huh? And I broke again. Um uh. 
And I feel like it was necessary. You know, one thing I will say is that when I did talk to my therapist in the beginning, as she said, sometimes we don't close our loops, our trauma response loops. Um, when trauma happens to you, there's a process. You feel your feelings, you feel frustrated, you feel whatever, and then you let it resolve. But so much of us are so afraid of what that means for us, of how it shows up for us, that we stifle it and we cut things off in the middle of, a, of our response to it. And so we never resolve it. And that only prolongs it or intensifies it. And so me having to like sit and say, no, bro, this is where you are and have a cry and talk about it. And for the next week, just like be honest. And people kept asking me how I was and be like, I'm not okay. Um, all of that I felt like was necessary of giving what I was feeling space um, and letting myself close the loop. And I will say that I began to feel better when I spoke to a friend I haven't heard from in a while. And she was just talking about like how I had impacted her life in a really major way in a way that I don't think I had like known before. Um, and it just made me think of how one, we don't know what we mean to people and we don't always know how deeply we impact people. Um, mm -hmm. And more importantly, I remember this speaker had come to my college my sophomore year and said, the energy you put out is the energy you get to draw from. And for me, I just, I, I thought about that and I thought about how kind everyone had been in my life and how amazingly supportive all the people were in my life and um, how they always showed up with a spirit of care and um, giving and willingness to help. Um, and I thought, I'm really blessed. And I feel like I said, I have all of those things because of the energy I put into the world. And I really believe that the energy I put into the world is good. It is intentional and it's hard sometimes, but I want to make the world better and I want to make my world better. And if that's what I've been putting out, I need to believe that that's the energy I get to draw from. And so it really became a moment of I'm going to surrender to the universe and have faith in the energy I put out that it will come back to me in the way that it needs to. Um, and so, yeah, there's no resolution with a lot of these things. It's still all impending and in the air. But I'm just at a place where I feel like I can handle it and I'm going to trust that it's all in my favor. And is in the universe's design, and as such, I think it'll all work out in the end. And so, why stress about it if I don't have to? You better preach. So it's my long Damn. journey to, to this moment. <laughs> Yo, but uh, being okay with not being okay, mm -hmm. and being able to openly admit it to like people. Um, is not something that people mm -hmm. do. It's not something that men typically do. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not something that people of men of color mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. um, so all I have to say is I commend you, brother. Thank you. Because, like, that's some serious shit. And to work through that in the middle of this, uh, you know, global crisis we're in the middle of. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, still have the space to be forgiving to yourself. Mm. I think is, is special and, and 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 an amazing thing. Um, when 
when do you find that you feel like a release? Like when you were saying that uh, bringing it up with with Siobhan was gonna like make it come up again, mm-hmm. and then until you sat in those feelings for a while is when you actually got uh, not past it, but comfortable in that space like when do what how do you go about trying to get that release um i think for me as and i also want to say that my friend paul was there as well when we had like a a group hug moment it was all of us together but siobhan just ignited it by asking those questions um friendship i think I don't necessarily know that catharsis has happened. I feel like I'm still in an acceptance phase. And what was really important about that, um, and I think connects back to what you were saying earlier, is I had to stop expecting things in the way that I thought they would happen, in the way that I Mm. wanted them to happen. And it was really the fact that I kept having these expectations of, this will resolve this way, or it's going to be this way, or it's I'm, it's going to happen now. Um, and then when it wouldn't, you get angry. And it's just like, but no one ever said that it would. <laughs> you you did that. And so why right. did you create... It's like you created another fight in the middle of a fight, where it's like, the fight is life. And then all of a sudden you were just like, yeah, but I bet I could knock this bitch out in like 10 minutes. And it's like, why would you do that? Because you, how how can you know that? Why did you set that up? Don't do that. Don't do that. And so once it became a moment of just like, one, this is just how you feel. Um, that's period. That was important of just acknowledging. And then letting go of the expectation and just accepting and surrendering and really trust. I've always said this, uh, especially the past few years. I don't know, and I think we, I've even said this on the podcast, uh, when we talk about resilience, right, the ability to survive and come back and bounce back and, and be whatever in the face of whatever, I always kept asking myself, are you someone who is resilient or are you someone who has such control over your environment that, you know, you can weed out the things that trigger you and so you don't have a specific response. And I feel like Mm. part of why I psychologically cut myself off from my feelings is because of a fear that I won't survive them, right? It's a fear that I can't handle all of them. And I think this surrender of just, just feel what you feel is a true marker of faith and resilience because it says and you will survive it. You will feel this thing, you will experience this thing, and it's going to be okay. So I don't know um, about release and catharsis. I, I know that every night I try to do something not work-related or not related to all of these things I have to juggle, and that's nice. Um, and it doesn't feel like an escape. It just feels like I'm still able to have a moment for myself, which is important. Um, so I'll keep you updated on the on the release thing, but... Yeah, that's that's where I am with that. And I also want to say thank you to you in particular because I think another part of being honest is that you give people the opportunity to show up for you. And, you know, we were supposed to record this a week ago or something like that, or earlier this week. And yeah. I was just, I was all over the place and I was trying to make it work, right? And Miguel was just like, hey, 
can we, we can do this another time. And it was like, okay. And it was like, you know, one of those things where you're so used to showing up and just like, I'll put it aside. I'll make it work. I'll make it happen. Like we'll bang it out. And sometimes it's not that deep and you don't need to. And sometimes it's great when you're honest with people who can just be like, it's not that deep. We can do this another time. Or I can step in and do this thing. And, and uh, so I just want to say thank you for that, for sure. Yo, got to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is a good point to kind of not wrap this up because this is something that's going to be ongoing. Oh, yeah. This is, this is what we do at uh, Play Black. We talk about shit that doesn't usually get talked about, uh, especially uh, among men of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I want to put a pin in this um, and also invite you all, yes. uh, listeners, to uh, take a second. Like, pause this. Pause this in like 15 seconds. Do whatever you need to do to like, center, whatever you do, center yourself, mm-hmm. breathe, what have you. I, I like breathing exercises. I have meditated in the past. Um, what have you. But do whatever you need to do. Take a moment to yourself and try to be rejuvenated. Uh, and we're going to be uh, right back with some, hopefully, uh, lighter fare, although still dark. Because that's dark. where we're at today. It's a little dark. Mm-hmm. It's a little dark. Mm-hmm. It's a little dark. Mm-hmm. We'll see you in a sec. Okay, and we are back. Um, we always get really great feedback about our games. Um, I, I've I've been told by multiple of people that we are that the, our, our games are some of their favorite parts of nice. what we, we do. Which honestly, I don't know about you, Jay, but that kind of surprised yeah, me. I was it's, like, oh, it's okay, a little bit surprising. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Yeah, like we, I'm out here, like like. Just like mm-hmm. heart on my sleeve, like oh, this is how I feel, and you're like, yeah, but yeah, that game man, broke. Captain America, Black Widow, that that <laughs> killed in my house. You know what I mean? So, no, for sure. Um, but you know what? I I have fun doing them. If and if y'all have fun uh, listening, um, you listen to I'm the people. It. So, um, hence the the theme of of, of today. Uh, we were talking about Batman. Obviously, that's just a trauma filled mess. Jujutsu Kaisen. Literally, death, demons curses, based murder, off of mayhem, feeling horrible. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and of course, uh, the 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 dark world we're in at the moment. Um, we're gonna play a game, and it's called "How Would You Handle It." Um, I'm gonna give a synopsis, basically, of a character and what they've gone through um, from pop culture that we we all know. Um, and Jay, you're gonna have ten mm. seconds to say whether you would take the same path mm. or not, and if not, what is the path mm-hmm. you'd make for mm-hmm. yourself afterwards? I got a whole bunch of mm. options here for you. Are you ready? Yes, I'm a you know me. I like to put my J twists on everything. I'm singular, so will I? I don't know that I'll ever be mute 100 online with these people, but like I'll share. I'll, I'll share, you know, as best I can. Yeah, 
as best you can. You know, that's all we can do as we were just mm-hmm. saying. The best mm-hmm. you can. That's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Our first character is the bride from Kill Bill, a.k.a. Do, Beatrix do, Kiddo. Do, 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 do. I had that as a text tone once. Okay, random story. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> I had that as a text tone one time. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to... I'll tell this whole story. Okay. <laughs> Oh dear. Oh dear. I had this as a text tone once. And I like weirdly my freshman year of college was in like a cyber relationship with someone I met online, specifically Omegle. And uh <laughs> that was their text tone in my phone. Uh so yeah. Uh plus I love Kill Bill, it's one of my favorites and I I've I memorized a lot of it. But yeah, Twisted Nerve, good song. I'm gonna listen to that after this. Yo, that it slaps and is also terrifying to most of the millennial generation. Yeah. <laughs> it means death is a coming. Um, way. For those of y'all who don't, who don't know, but also for those of y'all who haven't seen the movie in a while, Beatrix Kiddo lost everything after being spoiler. Left dead. All of these are spoilers. These are spoilers. Say, these are all spoilers. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to know about the end of Kill Bill or just about these characters and want to experience them on your own, mm-hmm. um, I'll give you ample time. And this is the time. Okay, so Beatrix Kiddo lost everything after being left for dead uh, by her baby daddy, (laughs) of all people, uh, and his new girlfriend. And I think that happened twice, like, straight up, left for dead. Uh, Mm. And I think, you know, she handled it in a relatively helpful way. Like, she went on an unbridled killing spree. Yeah. Uh, You know, she's an assassin, so that tracks. Um, Sure. And took out everyone that wronged her and eventually reunited with her long lost daughter and hopefully had like a happily ever after situation. Until Nakia comes along, but that's another story. I'm waiting for the sequel. I'm into yeah. it. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, let, mm-hmm. let's go straight up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jay, yes. ten, 10 seconds on the clock. Yeah. Would you take the same path or would you deviate and do your own thing? 10 seconds, go. Yeah, this one's an easy one for me. I'm going to say yes and no. Okay? Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yes, in terms of revenge. No, in terms of I'm not putting my life on the line with a series of boss fights. Um, No. Uh, One boss? One mini boss? Maybe. But I'm not going to subject myself through five mini bosses in the ultimate boss. Although her fight with Bill... So underwhelming. I'm just like, we spent two minutes for a five-tap scene. Anyway, uh, so what I would do in this situation is I would bring all of them to ruin. You know what I mean? You know, oh, I would okay. you know, I would know all the secrets because we had been squatted up for such a long time. So hit them and their money, um, really all of that stuff, and still pretend to be dead, you know, pretend to still be in a coma. Um, so they wouldn't know it was me. I'd be a little bit more insidious. And then once I had them where I wanted them, um, and maybe had other people take them out, then I would go scoop up my child and go from there. But yeah, I, I would not be as direct and brazen as, uh, Miss Kiddo was, as, uh, Miss, uh, what was her name? Black Mamba? Yes, the Black Mamba. Yes, as, as yes. the Black Mamba was. Yeah, no, she's a lot braver than I. That's, that's real. Like, yeah. I'll just say, like, I don't know. If in this scenario, I already have the heart of an assassin, so like, killing yeah. people's no, not a problem. But I feel like there was a lot of unnecessary death. 
Yeah, I would be a distance uh, yeah. assassin. Like, what kind of assassin would you be? Are you like a drone assassin? Are you like a, a poison assassin? Are you like a honeypot assassin? Or like, a, I'm a straight up find you and shank you assassin? I feel like it's either I'm right up on you and like this is a mm-hmm. personal thing that we're doing. Because mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's, kind of, it's, almost, uh, it's almost disrespectful to just like uh, mm. do, it, do it in a backwards way from, from, from sure. me. Sure. Um, but the other end of it is, um, I, being a sniper, like, mm. it's a, it's a different kind of personal, mm. like, relationship to your target, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I've thought about this at all. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. I think I'd be a poisoner, for sure. Like, in a candle, or, like, in some food. Yeah, I think I would def, like, an asynchronous assassination via some poison. I think that'd be my method, yeah. I mean, you did say insidious. What's yep, more insidious exactly. than poison? Yeah. Subtle, subtle, yeah. <laughs> okay, next character. Mm-hmm. Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. <sighs> okay. Again, spoiler, 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 spoilers. Rick Grimes woke up in the middle of a global pandemic. Mm. That hits different. Awkward, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. And I think, yeah, well, he fought his way to his family, uh, who had a new father figure in the form of his best friend, Shane, uh, yeah. eventually yeah. losing both his wife and best friend to the zombie apocalypse. And his kid. Of oh, is, is Carl gone? You didn't know about that, bro? Yeah, Carl I'm... got bit. Which was crazy, because in the comics, he survives. But in this, homeboy gone. So Damn. Okay, yeah. it's even worse than I thought. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, my research was faulty. Uh, yeah, yeah my, my journalistic int- integrity can't take it, Jay. It's okay. You balanced me out last time I got you this time. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically became ruthless in his survival tactics and, like, will to survive uh, and mow down anyone that was in his way, um, mm. especially if they were any threat to his son. Yeah. So, Jay, in the same situation, how are you feeling? Mm. What path are you taking? Are you going the Rick Rams route? Or do you find another way? 10 seconds on the clock, go. Oof. You know, this one's hard. Because a part of me is like, zombie apocalypse, let me go eat a peanut real quick. Um, <laughs> another part of me is like, maybe I'd be, you know, I don't know, I don't know, which means I would die. Honestly, I feel like in the world of a zombie apocalypse, I wouldn't be able to decide between, do I want to live in this world? Do I want to be one last shred of kindness in this world? Or will I become a ruthless, evil person to survive it? Um, and I think whilst hesitating, I would die. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it feels that because I don't know, it, it, wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be Rick. So, I guess no. I guess no. That's fair. Yeah. You know, honestly kind of feeling right now I'm feeling your route I feel like it depends on the day like mm-hmm. if you caught me, if you caught me on a bad day I don't know right. if I want to live in the zombie apocalypse if, if you caught me on a good day and I'm feeling hopeful you know what let's let's gamble the dice and see how long we yeah. can make it. we'll say it's important that we still have some hope in humanity but then yes. I think niggas fuck up enough you go okay I tried being kind <laughs> Now I'm going to just fall into the depravity that lives inside of me that y'all don't know. This whole kindness thing was me keeping that at bay, right? That was me actively trying to protect the world from the darkness, the real darkness that lives inside of me. But y'all didn't want that. Y'all wanted to meet this nigga. And so now you have. So 
Yeah. And there yeah. it is. And there, there it, is. it is. On to a fan favorite. Uh, by okay. fan favorite, I mean uh, one of your favorite uh, Absolutely. properties. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Naruto. Uh, yeah. The character is Itachi Uchiha. Again, spoilers, 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 spoilers for those of you who don't know um, mm-hmm. the end of Naruto Shippuden or the manga. Um, yeah. Itachi Uchiha was forced to kill his entire clan because they were planning mm-hmm. a coup. Uh, also, the third Hokage is relegating the most sensitive tasks to Donzo, of all people. I don't really understand. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, quick side note. I recently... I, I never watched Shippuden. I read the manga and just knew what happened mm. and watched the fights. Mm. Uh, I recently found out that they changed like Root, like the the mm-hmm. Donzo's secret Ambu chapter, mm-hmm. to the foundation in the in the English dub. Excuse you? That's such a stupid name. See, that's why I don't believe in dubs. That That right there. So... Yeah. Yeah. Also, they they called Tsunade's like uh like uh deceased boyfriend Don instead of Dan. I'm so confused. Why are we making these small changes? So stupid. It's like Aang and Ang all over again. Just shut straight up. up. Straight up. Um, Itachi like fostered a lifelong hate in his little brother. The only person he let survive. Um, just so, like, he would have a chance in surviving in this really, really dark world. Um, he ended up joining, joining an evil organization called the Akatsuki, who were hell-bent on destroying his former village as a double agent to keep his brother and the village safe, kind of living in this hellish no-man's land of an existence, just -hmm. for the sake of his folks. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. This one is not going to be hard for me. By the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Then go for it. Give me. Give me the deets. Path or no? It's it's a hard no. Um, <laughs> I think you know a thirteen-year-old murdering. I I don't. I think Atachi chose a bad method, and here's why. He drove his clan to extinction, murdered his entire family and his all of his clan. Um, but you know, I think also then weakened the village because a very powerful clan is taken out. Two, I think he only believed that he could motivate Sasuke's strength via negative punishment and made his life horrible. And oh, would and if there had not been a Naruto, which Itachi could not have planned for, Sasuke wanted to kill everybody and everything and destroy the village. And so, thank God that there were these other contingencies in place, but I think he played it really bad. And I think there could have been a oh, let's kill the people trying to kill half our village or, like, pu- publicize that. Hey, guys, just so you know, everyone in, Kona, in, in the leaf, um, they try to kill us, like, whistleblow. You know what I mean? Whistleblow right, right. and raise your brother with love is, is instead of making his entire personality death and betrayal and grief and loss and anger. So I understood where Tachi comes from. And, yes, in a lot of ways, he's a hero. But how many people did he kill when he was a member of the Akatsuki to keep his cover? You know what I mean? I just feel like he was way too steeped. And you know why? Because he was a child. I also want to bring that up. These are children. And so he made a childlike decision with his limited understanding of the world um, that was not healthy. And I don't know how effective it was. So, yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about that. I mean, all I'm going to say is you're right. And I don't... like. 
reading the plan unfold was fun as a reader, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. that life seems like literally the worst choice. So horrible for him like, and his brother. Yeah, for for like everybody involved. Like it's, yeah. it's and it's not his fault necessarily because uh, it, the, the these plans were laid by like adults yeah. in the room. Like yeah. exactly what you said. Everybody's but, trash. Yeah, everybody's trash. Everybody's trash. Mm-hmm. Naruto. Yeah, no, everybody's trash. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, on to the next character, another fan favorite. Uh, Severus Snape from the Harry Potter series. If you could see my um, face right now. Mm. I, I, I wish I could see your face. Um, mm. Also kind of part of the same the double agent-y world. Uh, he mm-hmm. worked as a double agent uh, against the Dark Lord, uh, Voldemort, to save his problematic love in Lily Potter. Mm as we know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. mistreating and hurting her offspring at every turn to get back mm-hmm. at his father, <laughs> mm-hmm. but also living his life, uh, saving his life rather on every occasion he could. So renewable, I guess, but also not really. Um, he ended up being killed by said dark Lord, not only, but only after like killing his true boss in Dumbledore and never mm-hmm. seeing the peace he ultimately helped to cultivate. Mm hmm. Snape lived a pretty tortured life. Obviously, he wasn't a very good person at the same time. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. you know, it, we're 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 dealing with with the choices that these characters made while they were mm-hmm. still around. With that being said, Jay, ten sec- ten seconds on the clock. Do you choose? God. Oh, nope. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> do you choose Snape's path, or do you uh, forge your own path with his same facts? Cool. Yeah, fuck Snape. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm gonna start there because um, he was someone who made Harry's life miserable mm-hmm. um, for the sins of Harry's father. And to me, I think that as much as everyone loves to talk about Snape's love for Lily, I think I that his distaste and disgust. Uh, for Harry's father was always stronger because I could never look at the child of someone I love and treat them horribly um, and and say that I love them. And I don't know that he did. And I think this is still a man. No one forced him. If I recall, if I have my Harry Potter lore correct, Snape chose to be squatted up with the Death Eaters from jump, right? Like he chose that, not as a spy. He, in his mind, was like, yes, I'm about this life. And then when he suffered a personal loss, that's when he got, you know, a little changed up a little bit. Um, But that nigga has been problematic, was always problematic. Also, let's talk about the whole, not, we're not going to do this, but Half-Blood Prince, oh, all of a sudden Harry's doing well and you're mad at him now? If, why are you punished? Why would you know how to make everything better in all these potions and hide that information? I come from the land of when you learn, teach. When you give, get. And he, Snape, always was selfish and vindictive. And yes, there might have been some exceptions to those moments. But by and large, he's not a guy's guy. He's a little trash of a being. So I'm going to say no. I would not. Um, I want nothing to do with him. Yeah, no. Hard no. Agreed. Moving on. Yep. (laughs) So that's my thoughts there. Uh, Magneto of uh, Marvel's X-Men. Magneto is a mutant who lost his entire family in the Holocaust and vowed to never be marginalized due to his race ever again. 
he founded the Brotherhood of Mutants, which effectively advocate for mutant supremacy and leads constant efforts to destroy or subjugate the human race. Yeah. Yikes. Um, this is a heavy one, Jay. It's a, he- it's a heavy one. Uh, yeah. What's, uh, what are your thoughts? Ten seconds on the clock. This is an easy one. I, I would not become Magneto. I think the one flaw in his plan is that I think in trying to fight against humanity ended up causing all of the things that then harmed mutant kind. Um, but I can always respect, and I think he's someone who's necessary. Um, but I think just because in the long term, I think he creates the world he's trying to avoid. I, I would mm-hmm. always forever be more of a, um, a Professor X than I could a Magneto. Facts. You know, if 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 anyone's oppressed, we're all oppressed, right? Like, right. You, you you can't fix. You can't right a a, a wrong with another wrong. It just doesn't. Just make like sense. you fight your oppressor, then they're gonna find out ways to fight you, which they did, and then now look what you've done. So yeah, exactly. Fascinating character, though. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. On to the orphan section of our uh, of our. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> not the orphan movement. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> of of uh, uh, our game here, and the the final two. Spider Man mm-hmm. is an orphan, having lost both of his parents, uh, mm-hmm. and after receiving his powers via spider bite, he also uses his power irresponsibly and lost his uncle Ben. Yeah. Uh, he's also poor and in constant financial peril. Poor guy. Uh, he is also unable to save his girlfriend Gwen Stacy, who he accidentally kills uh, while trying to save. He is young and constantly trying to figure out the balance of his life between superhero and being a regular person. Jay, given the same set of circumstances, do you become the web slinger, or or what? What happens? What ha- what have you? I actually don't think I'd become Spider Man. I think I'd be somebody who I would use it to my advantage. I would definitely use it mm. for monetary gain, uh, and I think I'm someone who would help people. Um, just in a more subtle way. But with Spider-Man's power set in particular, I'm scared of heights. I could not be <laughs> swinging from the... I couldn't do it. And in my mind, I'd be time. like, Jay, but you're the one swinging. You can do... I'm like, no, I don't I don't trust me. Uh, what if these powers wink out at one point? So, yeah, no, I think I would still be of service when the moments would come up, but I would not be a hero who actively looked for... For those moments, yeah, and I would not be poor, yeah. <laughs> right with that skill set, you don't, you just, you just don't be poor, right? Yeah, he's not creative if he's poor. That's stupid. So, yeah. And yeah, he's so he's so smart and so stupid all at once. Like so it's, smart, he's smart dumb. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you literally created like web fluid to like that can mm-hmm. stick to literally anything, and a suit that like can protect you from most things, and you yeah. can't think of a way to make money that isn't taking pictures of yourself. This ain't OnlyFans. Like, what are we doing? Although I prefer the Spider-Men who, the versions where they have their own spider fluid. Because I'm just like, well, that makes sense. It's a spider power. Why? It's like, I'm out of, I remember the, the cartoon from a kid. I'm all out of spider fluid. I'm just like, and that's when you would have fell off the Empire State Building. This yeah. is dumb. And it looked like those spray, what are those spray, silly string. That's what it looked like. The little canisters. I'm like, this is stupid. Um, no. You're not going to catch me falling. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> not from the Empire State Building. No, no. No. No, 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 no. And last but certainly not least, and bringing our conversation full circle, the Batman. Mm. 
Bruce Wayne lost his parents right in front of him due to a mugging in a Gotham alley, pushing him mm-hmm. to a life as the vigilante Dark Knight, the Batman. Mm-hmm. He uses his massive fortune to finance his anti-hero endeavors. Uh, mm-hmm. Must be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would go on to have many protégés, notably not being able to save Jason Todd from an untimely demise while fighting his nemesis, the Joker. And not taking vengeance on the Joker, which got Jason mad. Uh, I think understandably so. Understandably so, of course. Mm-hmm. Jay. Yeah, I'm going to circle this back also to, to my review of the Batman. This is so random. Uh, watching the Batman, it was the first time I actually, and I think maybe this is coming out of the context of the past few years, it was the first time I really thought about how, and in particular, this Batman really rejected Bruce. He rejected that that uh, persona of Bruce Wayne and those philanthropic things. He really was someone who mostly was just like, I want to show up in the world as Batman. And what was so interesting about that was you could honestly see how widespread systemic change and social programming would be more beneficial to Gotham than a mass vigilante. And so I think in, in this regard, I actually would say, well, what would it have meant if Bruce could have put his money to better use, have become, you know, a ward for, for these, like taking in these people in a different way. Um, and so I think right. I would have actually leaned into Bruce as opposed to Batman. Um, Cause I don't know how effective Batman is. Plus I hate running. Um, <laughs> and for this nigga to have no powers. Okay. Uh, that's a hard no from me. Uh, you could be a great fighter. There is no way I'm taking on these crazy niggas uh, with just my body. And those grappling hooks, the physics don't be physicking. You know, it don't add up how, you know, oh, I'm like in between two iron bars and now I can pull you. That don't make no sense. That shit will fall. And I don't like, again, going back to the heights thing. So for a plethora of reasons, one, the accurate distribution of wealth into social programming being more effective, as well as I don't like running and I don't like heights. I would not be Batman. I would lean into Bruce Wayne. Yo, facts. Like, pump some money into social services, and you have a yeah. whole different like you have a whole different society. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it it makes me feel like, and Batman's one of my favorite characters, right? But it makes me feel mm-hmm. like Batman's like more Elon Musk than absolutely. <laughs> than that was care. what became so apparent in this film. Just like the one, I'm the guy. I'm gonna do it all. It's really a practice in like white saviorism and ego. Um, and it's it's a thing that we don't like to talk about all the time, um, but the shows love to bring it up is, yeah, it's like, does Batman save Gotham or by becoming Batman, did he inspire more dangerous villains to, to, to take form? And I think it's pretty clear what the answer is. We just don't like to talk about it. Um, no, 100%. So, yeah. Absolutely. And y'all, with that, our... Maybe slightly more somber and maybe more um, reflective uh, episode of Play Black mm-hmm. is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Um, you can also hit us up on uh, Instagram at Play Black Podcast. DMs here to pitch uh, the things you like to hear us talk about. Uh, gush, about gush about how much you love the show or give Jay some new self care Sunday routines. Ooh. That would be dope. That would be dope. Thanks again for holding space for me today, bro. Hey, bro. Same to you. Uh, What do we got going on next week? What are we covering? Oh, I don't know. What are we covering? Oh, I think this is what I'm supposed to be trying to attempt this uh, 
this marathon binge of all of Attack on Titan. I think, is that it? Is that what's next? Yeah, and I guess it's not going to be a, re- a retrospective like we were planning on. I think it's going to be just a, like a state of the state of a- a- AOT. Like where at, everything uh, is at. Yeah, at uh, yeah. Uh, uh, chapter 130 out of 139. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Um, well, I look forward to that. Everyone, make sure to just take a moment in your daily lives to not feel the pressure of just having to show up. Be honest with yourself and the people who love you about where you are. And if you can hold space for someone, do that. And allow folks to do that for you, too. And again, like Miguel said, reach out to us. DM us. Send us an email. We'll do it we can and hopefully this continues to be a space where you feel seen safe and supported and until then we'll see you next time see you soon peace